Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, everybody, settle down. I'm calling class to order. We have been out last week, and we are yes, back now. We are finally back. We have made it through winter apocalypse twice. Yes. To form Whiskey and Wonder, like the Wonder Twins, with whiskey. Yeah. Do we get cool rings? Sure. I want cool rings. That'd be Yeah, that'd be an idea. <laughs> Make like a ring out of like a whiskey, I don't know, like the cork or something. Something. Anyway. Hey. hey. We are Whiskey and Wonder, where we drink whiskey and rate it and review it and give our opinions on it. And then we teach each other something we find interesting and fascinating. Yep. Hopefully something the other person doesn't know about. Yep. And, we and try, also finds interesting. Yeah. And we try to teach you guys along the way. Yeah. I suggest whiskeys. Yes. I'm Megan. I'm Tyler. So without further ado, we're getting started a little a little late today. Yep. Because I had uh, some plans already this evening. So we're going to jump right into things. All right. Um, Let's do the things. Do the things. So I guess really the only announcement we have at this point is just that... Um, Episodes are are releasing on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights now, um, so they're ready for everybody Thursday mornings, mm-hmm. um, unless, unless you are a Patreon subscriber to our $5 a month tier, and then you can get the episodes through Patreon, um, episode and video early, and yeah, so if you want the episodes Monday mornings, subscribe on Patreon. Please. And we have some bonus content upcoming um, that we are going to get out to you folks. And we've got some exciting news, hopefully in the future. We can't really... Can't talk about it right now. Can't but, speak on it now. Yep. But but, but we've got some exciting stuff coming. Yeah, so Good stuff is happening. Stay tuned. Um, and that's really all we got for social media. Uh, uh, social media for... <laughs> announcements. Announcements. The next one's the social media stuff. That's what's on my schedule. So uh, <laughs> find us... Uh, you know, at Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. If you do want to subscribe for the early access, um, you can check out our website, whiskey and You can find us on YouTube by searching whiskey and wonder and all our socials will be in the description. Um, and emails for when you guys want to send us emails for mail time, which we really appreciate. We do 100% every little bit. Um, and as always, everybody that does donate and support us on Patreon and, and helps us do this. And PayPal. And PayPal, yes. Everybody that supports us. Yeah. Even if it's just through telling your friends and liking and subscribing and giving us ratings and reviews on wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube. You know, thank you guys. It, Definitely. It makes a ton of difference. Um, so the, the more exposure we get the more we can expand this and mm-hmm. and keep it going so yep tell your friends please do um and on that note let's just jump right into um what's been going on the open segment well how did you survive the snow apocalypse um well, it went it went all right, I guess. Um 
It was a very, it was very inconvenient. <laughs> I, I want to, if you're just catching this week's episode, we didn't get to record an episode last week because an ice storm hit mm-hmm. on Sunday mm-hmm. and it was just not safe for Megan to come here and she was having some internet issues. Yep. And just disaster zone. Yeah, so we we couldn't do any kind of remote thing, and unfortunately, it just happened to work out that it was her week to present something, and since it happened on Sunday and I just wasn't prepared, I wasn't able to throw a topic together that fast, so you guys got 20 minutes of me rambling. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that bad. Oh, you listened? Yeah. (laughs) That's more than I did. (laughs) I I was here for it, so... You you shared it, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, we are back in full force. Uh, we have had a second winter weather burst. This has been snow and not ice. This so a lot better. This one was snow. Uh, it was, I wouldn't say better. Um, okay. No, no, uh, no. All right. It was it, better for me. It was quite shitty. Um, I had to work at the brewery Friday night when all this, all of that happened. And oh, when it was coming down, yeah, I'm surprised the brewery didn't close. Yeah, we closed an hour early, so I got to leave the brewery about ten thirty. Mm. Um, and I figured it would end up coming to this, so I took Bo to Shelby's house, who lives five minutes from the brewery, and uh, thank God we planned that because if I had had to drive thirty minutes back here mm-hmm. i would have just slept at the brewery like i don't drive in snow i hate snow in an area that's not prepared it is such an inconvenience here because we don't have the equipment to handle it yeah and people were driving like complete morons they As were usual yep doing 50 mile an hour on ice covered roads where there's Cars sliding into trees and fire trucks blocking the road helping the people out of the cars in the trees <laughs> And, you know, I leave five car links, six car links in front of me in the car in front of me because the road's covered in snow and ice mm-hmm. and some jackass and a four-wheel drive Jeep cuts me off. So fuck you guy in your Jeep. <laughs> I hope you ended up in a tree. Um, <laughs> yes, that's how I really feel. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, all the assholes were out and about playing in it and putting everybody else that was stuck, that was forced to be in it. Endangered. In danger, yeah. Oh, that does suck. I I luckily got to enjoy my winter weather um from the warm inside of the house with the window like blinds open, just watch it come down with yeah. a blanket around me. That, so that was nice. That's a nice way of doing it. And I, I don't have any problem with snow. I have a problem with ice and I have a problem with snow in a place that's not equipped to deal with snow. Yes. I think Charlotte might have four Snow plows, maybe. <laughs> Do we, I don't even know if we have that many. I think I'd, didn't I, we have to like borrow them I'm from pretty Virginia? sure we borrow them. Um, but yeah, that just it was a interesting time. Yeah, it was. Everybody made it through safe. Shelby and I hunkered down at her house, and uh, we actually went to an RV show again. Um, I think we're narrowing down our RV choices. That's I think exciting. We, I think we've. Pretty pretty well figured yeah. out kind of what what we want and which narrowed it down to a couple models, I guess. Do you still want one that you need a truck for? Like no. You would, no, you're going to get one that drives on its own? Yes. 
Ooh. That's what we've narrowed it down to. Okay. So. Um, but we went to the RV show, uh, and actually, um, the RV show started at 10 a.m. Saturday morning after long after the, the, I guess the snow ended about midnight, one o'clock. And, um, we left about nine 30 in the morning and Shelby got out to the main road in her neighborhood to get to the main road out of the neighborhood and started slipping. She's got an all wheel drive vehicle and she started slipping and sliding the following morning. And we just, we were like, you know what? Let's just turn around. The sun's yeah. out. Excuse me. Um, let's just give it another hour, hour and a half. So we went and watched some TV and went back out in the roads. It was completely different. The roads were almost melted by, by that point. So wow. um, I stayed home and called out of work, canceled everything going on that day. And just I, that had probably a, had a bedtime bed, bed, bed day, bed day. Yeah. yeah. Laid in bed and just played on my lo- little laptop computer thingy. That sounds, sounds like a smart thing to do. It was nice. Yeah. It was peaceful, relaxing. Yeah. I, I need one of those. Um, I, this is probably going to be a little bit of a longer um, open segment just because we haven't met in a couple yeah. weeks. Um, I know you have news and um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Papa Manning and Mama Manning and uh, her father who all I just found out have COVID. So oh, no. I apologize if y'all didn't want me to share that, but you know, I hope you're feeling better. I hope it's not too rough on you and you're, you're getting on through it. Um, yeah, I hope so too. So feel better guys. For sure. Um, and Papa Cross, my dad as well has COVID. Oh no. So it's just going around. It, it is. So um, hopefully everybody, everybody pulls through and, and doesn't feel, too under the weather from it, you know, so. Yep. I want everyone to get through this healthy, happy. So we're going to be sending all the good vibes up to the universe. We can get some crystals, Tyler. Like use the power of the crystal, crystal energy. To... <laughs> I don't. I, uh, don't I... I knew that would bug you so much. <sighs> Crystals have no powers. <laughs> They're simply minerals. If you believe that, you're a moron. I am oh. so sorry. <laughs> I'm 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 in a blunt mood today, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Thinking about that guy in the Jeep kind of got my blood boiling again. Oh my so, God. <laughs> so I'm just kind of in tell it like it is mode. All right. What's the difference between a rock and a mineral? I think I ask this every a rock time. Rock is made up of minerals. Okay. So a crystal is just one mineral. Typically, okay. you can have, like you can have, I saw, a, this is going to sound dorky as shit. <laughs> I subscribe to a subreddit called, what is this rock? Oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. People put shit up there all the time. Like, Hey, what is this? And us geology nerds going to say, Hey, this is this. That's and actually I, really cool. I saw that's dumb at all. I'm going to go subscribe to that. Well, there was one that was, um, I think it was. Pyrite with silimonite or something on it the other day, which is actually two different minerals in the same sample. Mm-hmm. I think it has to have three minerals technically to be a rock. 
if you want to get really technical, but I might be wrong on that. It's been a while. That's actually really cool, and I can't find my Reddit button, so please remind me to subscribe to What Is This Rock? All right, I will. Um, but yeah, that's really cool, actually. Well, that's how I spend some of my free time. <laughs> um, so how about you? What's been going on? I don't know. You said I have news, and I don't know what my news is. Your cat? Were um, you guys getting a second opinion? Oh, uh, has it been that? Have we not gone to the oncologist yet last I talked to I you guys? I don't believe so. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'll put it this way. I only know the news because Shelby shared it from Facebook. Okay. Wow. I thought we had had an episode since then. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, we took um, Daenerys, our cat, Danny, to uh, the oncologist to see what's going on. And this is a fantastic oncologist. She was super sweet and nice. However, her approach to what she told us was horrible. Oof. And Doc, if you're listening, like that you probably should have rephrased. So um, because of COVID, we cannot be in the room like with with her. We're like in the car and she like has to call us and talk to us over the phone. And she calls, and the very first thing she says is, I think your doctor was wrong. Okay. And she immediately, so, you know, I got just a little bit of hope, like, it's not cancer. And immediately she goes into, it's worse. Yeah. So, So you you watch Futurama. Yes. Tinny Tim, you raised my hopes and dashed them quite well, sir. Yeah, so uh, oh, that, I felt that painfully. So um, she has either SSC or SCC or uh, it's a very, it's typically when cats get uh, tumors in their mouth or jaw area, it's the most common cancer it is. And it's also one of the most uh, lethal. Hmm. So um our only option, like, to increase her lifespan would be to completely remove her bottom jaw and have her on a feeding tube the rest of her life. Um, and even then, only 10% of cats live a year past mm. that surgery. Um, we might have talked about this, actually, because I think I, I remember saying you and Houston decided y'all were going to give her the best life you could. Yes. I think we did, did talk we? about this. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember. Just Either in way. case. Fill if us in. You, if you hadn't, um, so we did decide that, like, we're not going to put her through that trauma and that pain. Uh, we're just going to make her as happy as we possibly can. Um, she's been getting all the spoiled, treats. all the treats, all the love. Um, she's on painkillers, um, and she's getting, you know, the creme de la creme of the the cat food and treats. And I ordered her, like, a her favorite toy in the entire world. I ordered another one off Amazon so she can have a brand new one for a little bit. That's sweet. We're just keeping on, keeping on. Um, It's all we can do. And I just fuck cancer. That's all I have to say is fuck cancer. Well, I, you saying that triggered something in my memory and this is going to sound dumb because it was yesterday, but from the RV show. And uh, 
there's like a little booth set up there and this one guy was selling cookware and he was showing us different types of cookware, cast iron, stainless steel and your Teflon type, you know, the black nonstick stuff. Yeah. And he pretty much said this stuff right here, held up the Teflon. He's like, that'll kill you. That'll give you cancer. Get rid of it if you have it in your house. And if you think back to, oh, um, that was a long that time was a ago. Long time ago. But if you go back and listen to episode four, oh my gosh, P fast, P foa, P foss. Yep. If you go listen to those, that will explain everything about. Maybe not everything, but that'll explain a lot about why Teflon pans and nonstick and water resistant stuff bad is bad, and it in uh, so much stuff, and it does cause cancer. It's a carcinogen. It's terrible. Yep. So if you want a little more information, just to tie, tie in a little bit. All right. Um, I feel like I had some, one other, oh, I do. I have one, one other story. If you don't have anything else. I'm good. That's all huh? I had for so this week. We had a funny little, uh, incident earlier, Shelby and I, so we went to a friend's house. I have uh, some friends that are Bills fans, and the Bills are currently playing um, football right now in the playoffs. And um, these friends are cigar smokers and whiskey drinkers. So I take usually I take some whiskey over there to share with them, just to let them kind of taste a little bit of yeah. some of the things we get to taste. You know, yeah. it's it's fun to share the stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, I picked Shelby up on the way and she walks out with, uh, some, you know, some dips, uh, some chips and dip. And she's got this little like gift bag. And I, I was like, Oh, that's nice. She's bringing a little gift bag for the guy that's hosting, you know, cool. And as she got in, she hands me the bag and I was like, the hell is this? She's like, it's for you. I was like, you're not doing this. Like it's your birthday present. So I open it and <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you just won't <laughs> make it make a face. Anyway, I open it and I it was in a bag. So I grabbed the the item out of the bag and it was wrapped in paper and I felt it and I was like, if this is what I think it is, we're gonna have a problem. I opened it and it's a little travel humidor. It's called a herfador. You put cigars in there. It is a wonderful gift. I have wanted one for quite a while now. I literally just bought one. Just ordered cigars yesterday while we were sitting on the couch waiting to go to the RV show, and the cigars came with a herfador. <laughs> so now I have two. <laughs> so. Well... Thank you, Shelby, for the lovely gift. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, thank you, Shelby. I am the world's worst friend. Oh, no, you're not. It's fine. I don't celebrate my birthday. I can't. Shelby does. I don't. I do need to. Okay. I need to get you a present. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I cannot no. believe I. No, I, I didn't get you anything for your birthday, so deal with I it. I feel horrible. It's just another day. Relax. You don't even know what day it is. I know it's in January. <laughs> yeah, but it might have already passed. Isn't it? It's in the twenties, right? But it, we're in the twenties. It might have already passed. It's a. I'm not saying. 
Don't text Shelby. I'm texting Shelby. Don't you text her. I'm texting her. Ah, fine. I'll tell you what day okay. it is. What day is it? It's Tuesday. Hey, okay. I still got time. Do not give me anything. I didn't get you anything for your birthday. I don't want anything. Okay, I, well. What, what I want for my birthday is for you to save your money. I appreciate it. I appreciate the thought. It is lovely. Thank you very right. much. I will at least text you on your birthday. Right. That is lovely. That is okay. what I want. Just a happy birthday. Okay. Uh, on that note, I just thought it was very comical that, of course. You order it. I ordered it. I finally broke Murphy's down and law. got one. Murphy's Law. But that's all right. Nothing wrong with having a backup. So I guess we'll move on now that we're all caught up on the happenings of the last two weeks. And we'll uh, talk about this whiskey we're going to drink today. All right. Opening the bottle. I tried to time that so that I could <laughs> pop it at the same time. At the same time but oh, it's a screw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I couldn't get it off. It's a screw on. Oh, starting it off good. Oh, lovely. Uh, so this is our uh, our first Japanese whiskey in a while. Yes. We, um, I have so many whiskeys that we have to try. I know you've got several, and mm-hmm. so many of them are bourbons. And if you look at the page of things we've tried, there are so many bourbons. So we're Living in the South. We're trying to depart from that today. I know you really can't see that on the... Today, we are drinking Tenjaku... Blended whiskey. Um, this is a whiskey that has been imported from Japan. Um, when Tenjaku whiskey was initially created, the goal was to formulate a pure, mellow whiskey that would suit any drinking style. Whether served on the rocks or mixed into a t- cocktail, Tenjaku whiskey provides a fresh smoothness that can only be achieved by masterfully blending the highest quality ingredients derived from our natural environment. Our story begins in Japan's Yam... Oh, my God. Yamachakatugi. Yamanchi Prefecture in the city of Koifuki, overlooking Mount Fuji. This fertile area is blessed with nature's greatest gifts, including lush forests, beautiful orchards, hot springs, and most importantly, clear, crystal clear streams. This natural spring water is the lifeblood of Tenjaku whiskey. Let's see. It looks like their blending technique is drawing together the individual characteristics of each unprocessed whiskey for a harmonious, exquisitely balanced finish. This is the delicate blending technique that is unique to Japan. With countless tasting and smelling sessions, the important process involved in creating a blend See sophisticated techniques employed by a craftsman who applies his past experiences in creating whiskeys and extensive knowledge of flavors and aromas cultivated through many years of winemaking. And their master blender is Kenji Watanabe. Um, And this whiskey did win 2020's Japanese Whiskey of the Year. Um... So we're going to see how it is. I saw you sniffing it. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, well, before I get too much into that, I just want to let folks know uh, this is a very light-colored whiskey. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I bought this a while ago, 
And I don't remember exactly what the price I paid was it uh, paid for it was, but I'm looking it up real quick. I think it was in the forty dollar range okay. uh, for a fifth. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick here. Okay, as you're doing that, I'm definitely getting uh, as I'm smelling. Yeah, forty five dollars. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. No. Um. Just go ahead. I'm getting definitely honey, um, and and specifically honey. Like I, that is the that the smell I'm picking up, not any other type of like sweetness. Um, there's definitely floral, um, in there. Um, I I, I smell very. I definitely smell floral, um, but it's kind of muted. It's I definitely, I can, I agree the honey, the floral, I smell a creaminess. It almost smells kind of like creamy Hmm. and very grainy smells to me. Kind of like the shit pieces from Lucky Charms, (laughs) not the marshmallows, (laughs) the grain pieces, the actual cereal pieces. Yes. So. Um, this, I feel, I don't know if it's just in my head or what, but I, I'm smelling a lot of traditional, like things that I would consider Japanese flavors. Like I'm getting, um, melon, which I think is the creaminess you're getting. Um, they have this like melon candy and ice cream that is super smooth and super creamy. It's not watermelon. It's just, it's melon. It's a musk melon. Um, I don't know much about melons. I'm not a melon fan. I don't like watermelon or cantaloupe or any other melon that I've, I don't think I've really ever tried any other melon, frankly. Well, uh, I am actually the same as you. I don't like melons except for Asian melons. Racist. Um, yeah. So I, I, what are we supposed to smell? Um, so it looks like we are supposed to be smelling raisin toast, sticky rice, gingerbread, iodine, <laughs> straw, violet, and ripe melons. I got one right. Well, you said floral. Okay. I didn't specify violet. Yeah. I but don't think it's violet, but yeah. I, I don't. Smell flowers enough to know different flower smells. They all smell <laughs> the same to me. Well, I got melons. Uh, and I guess sticky rice is <laughs> grain. <laughs> what? Uh, just my 14-year-old mind. <laughs> I got melons. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, so I took a, a, a taste of this. Mm-hmm. And what, it, it surprised me. Um, I need to taste the front end again, but it was, it noticeably changed and it got very uh, earthy. It got very, uh, peaty is not the right word. It, it, it was like a little bit scotchy. peaty. Yeah, it, it is. It makes me it think is, of a scotch. It is, but again, Japanese whiskey is, Supposed to be 
modeled after scotch. So, um, or it's typically modeled after scotch. As far as the burn goes, this is 80 proof. Uh, so there wasn't much burn. It very, very slight. Um, and I'll have to try again to, you know, pinpoint what kind of spice that is. Um, wow. Definitely was not the flavor I was expecting from the smells. Um, it definitely is way more, uh, earthy than I would have expected. Yeah. The honey hits your tongue, the sweetness, and then it disappears instantly almost. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got a very, very long earthy, earthy flavor. But as that earthy flavor kind of fades, there's a hint of vanilla in it and the burn, uh, Truth be told, the second sip had no burn at all for me. So I, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that, frankly, I've been drinking a lot of Wild Turkey 101 <laughs> lately. So, um, And I, I don't have any problem with the burn in it anymore. Like I said, you know, when we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the first sip has a burn on something that's 100 to 110 proof, and then it goes away. I'm very... This, I would... In a blind test, I would... Assume this was a scotch. I would too. Um, so there's 100% the honey that I smelled. Like that is the first initial taste you get. Tastes exactly like honey. Um, but then, yeah, it is gone in the blink of an eye. Um, and it is super, I like, it tastes like a forest. Um, like wood and soil, um, moss. Like I... It's very, very nature, very earthy. Um, it's I'm, got some nature in it. It does. I ain't getting a whole lot of um, fruit. <laughs> no, me neither. No, uh, I, almost none at all. Uh, not that I'm a, not that I'm particularly adept at picking out fruit, but I don't. I don't really taste anything fruity in here. I don't either. I'm very, very interested. In uh, putting some water in this and seeing what happens. Seeing what happens. Agreed. Uh, we are supposed to be tasting pears, honey, marmalade, and pink peppercorns. I mean, okay, peppercorns, got it. Honey, got it. Mm, nothing else. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Maybe if I really, really try hard. I kind of get a little pear, but I haven't had pears since I was a little kid in like elementary school and they like made you eat fruit cups with pears in them. (laughs) That doesn't even count. Oh, I hated pears. Oh, pears are so good. What a name. Pear. Do they even grow in pears? (laughs) Who came up with that name? All right. Um, Anything else? I'm trying to real quick pull up this other review, see if they're... uh, Palette is oak. This person also says there's pear in shit in it. So apparently... There's pear supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't taste pear. Um, Hmm. Honey Forest. 
what this uh, is is a honey forest. I definitely get the um I get uh, peppercorn. I I couldn't distinguish it is pink peppercorn. I've never had just a pink peppercorn. I yeah. could distinguish like a Szechuan pepper. Um that's got a little bit of a citrusy flavor to it, but I've never had just a plain pink peppercorn, so I couldn't distinguish that from black pepper, but Yeah. That just tasted like a peppercorn to me. Yep. So. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going to sip on this. I guess we are going to sip on this. <laughs> and I'm going to learn something today, hopefully. Yes. yes, you are. If I can find my button here. It's time for the Wonder Segment. Take it away. All right. It's been a while since we last talked about English idioms. Our first series on the origins of phrases was back during episode 40. So if this is your first time tuning in and you're wondering why I don't cover phrases like raining cats and dogs or bite a bullet, check out episode 40 and listen to our initial episode and see if I go over what you were curious about in that one. And if I don't, email us and let us know and I'll go over it next time. I have been waiting on this for a long time. Have I, in in more in two ways. Number one, okay. to actually learn more about some of these phrases because mm-hmm. that was really interesting. Um, but number two, because almost ninety nine percent of the time, I think there's only been one or two times where we've actually had to tell the other one what we were researching prior to recording the episode. Mm -hmm. And I have thought many times about picking that series up as one of my topics and doing. I need to send you a list of the ones we've done then. So you don't have to re-listen. And exactly. I need, we need to keep a list of what's been done. Okay. So, yeah, I can do that. Cause I, I've been like, I want to do this crap. I don't have time to re-listen that whole episode and I have no idea. And I don't want to ask you what you've already done. Okay, yeah, uh, I can definitely make a list and include it in our Whiskey and Wonder um, drive. Drive and yeah, yeah, beautiful. We can do All that. right. All right. So, an idiom, according to Merriam-Webster, is an expression that cannot be understood from the meaning of its separate words, but has a separate meaning of its own. Idioms exist in every culture, country, and dialect across our planet. For example. Spill the beans does not refer to the act of dropping legumes onto the floor. Instead, it refers to sharing a secret. A non-native English speaker, however, would probably be confused if just presented with this idiom. Just like the last episode, I want to start by sharing a few foreign idioms. I'm not going to attempt to say these in their language. I'll only give the rough English translations to avoid embarrassing myself and offending anyone from these countries. Also, I want to see if Tyler can guess their meanings before I reveal them. Excellent. So. Did we do this last time? I think we did, Yes, we did. Yeah, and I was, I think I got one out of all of them. Seven, I think I did total. Yeah, I might have got one or two because I had heard them before. All right, Uh, so this is French. The Noonday Demon. Hmm. Well, my gut tells me uh, 
so if I remember right, the last time we did this, I tried to interpret them very literally and was wrong, as I said, almost every time. <laughs> the noonday demon strikes me when I my gut goes literal and it says something like, uh, you're too too full after eating lunch and you need a nap. But I'm going to go with a hangover. Okay. Being hungover. Uh, those are actually both really good guesses. But it actually refers to a midlife crisis. Ah. Rather than referring to the strange restlessness that affects many humans in middle age, the French refer to it as a demon. And it has its roots in biblical beliefs. To wear a cat on one's head. This is Japanese. Oh, why do I feel like I've heard this one before? Um, um, is that like um, have an egg on your shirt? Like to make a fool of yourself? Mm, no, not quite. Oh, damn. So this is the Japanese equivalent of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Ah. Basically, they're saying that you're hiding your nefarious nature under an adorable furry creature. Well, I'm over for two guys. <laughs> How many you got? Uh, five. Five? Okay. When the ravens turn white, this is Greenlandic. Green, Greenlandish. Greenlandic. Whatever. That's a From superhero, Greenland. right? What? That's a superhero. Who? Greenlandish. Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, uh, when the ravens turn white. Uh, my first thought is when it snows, but I'm not going with that. No. Um, um, when someone proves that you're lying. When pigs fly means that will mm. never happen. Damn. I'm, I feel like I'm getting better, though. Yeah. Do you like sausage? This is Dutch. Yes, I do. Mild or spicy? All the sausage. Um, do you like sausage? You want to get it on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what, no. What else? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> All right, let me let me take a let me take a serious shot of that one. Do you like sausage? Um Oh Lord. I mean that's literally where my mind went was like maybe it was a pickup line or something, but uh, uh I, I um I really have no idea on this one. I have nothing other than that joke one. Do you like sausage is Dutch and is asked after someone else asks an obvious question. Its English equivalent would be, does a bear shit in the woods? Hi. All right. <laughs> and our final foreign is going to be, there's no cow on the ice. This is Swedish. Everything's good to go. Yes. Yeah. There is nothing to worry about. 20% baby. Woo. <laughs> hey. That's not bad. I mean, that's not not passing, but it's not bad. Hey, I'll take it. What's <laughs> you, the curve? You didn't fail. So, All right. I mean, good on you. Anyway, idioms are a common part of all languages. I'm sure nearly everyone encounters at least one idiom a day. So, 
I encounter more than one idiot a day. <laughs> Amen. True. <laughs> so let's get on with learning about some common English idioms, what they mean, and where they originated. Let's start with loophole. A loophole is a legal technicality that allows someone to escape a difficulty of some sort. This begins in the Middle Ages and in castle walls. A loophole was a small open slit in the side of a wall so that an archer could shoot an arrow through. These small windows appeared to be impenetrable to most, but a child or small adult could squeeze through and use them as an entrance or exit. A loophole is an out in a seemingly airtight situation that only a clever few can use. It has another meaning if you listen to Time Suck by Dan Cummins. I don't know what he, what did he say? Do you remember? You're shitting me. No. Oh. What are we talking about? Poop hole loophole. Oh God, not what, <laughs> I thought you were being serious. Oh, Dan. Everybody go listen to Time Suck by Dan Cummins. Wonderful podcast. Hilarious. If you have a fucked up sense of humor. Like I do, and Megan does. Yes. All right, a dead ringer. A dead ringer is something. Am I supposed to guess this? Oh, do you want to? Like right on the nose. Like you got it absolutely right. Do you not know what a dead ringer is? You've never heard that before? I've heard a ringer, like you get a ringer in horseshoes and it's like right on the pole, right on the post. I mean, you got it right on. A dead ringer is like... You're a dead ringer to your dad. It means you look. Oh, you look just like him? Just like him. Oh, no, I hadn't heard it in that context. All right. So a dead ringer is something, typically a person, that closely resembles something or someone else. The origins of this expression are often disputed, some citing horse racing, where one would switch out a horse with a different one that looked nearly identical to rig the race. But it apparently has a perverse beginning. Comas in medieval Britain were not fully understood by the medical profession, and anyone not showing signs of life was presumed to be dead. On some occasions, when bodies were later exhumed, evidence was found suggesting the person had been buried alive. Their fingernails were worn down, and there were scratches on the roof of the coffin. To combat this frightening thought, people started putting a rod into the ground with a bell at the top and a string around their loved one's wrist. This way, if the person came back to life, they could ring the bell and attract attention to themselves. This did occur from time to time, and if the person was later seen in public and anyone suggested a likeness to the person that they used to know, it would be said that they are a dead ringer. By the late 19th century, the phrase had come to mean anything that is an exact duplicate. That is creepy AF. Oh, we're not done. Saved by the bell. Have you heard this one? I've heard of the TV show. Um, all right. Let me guess the ones I've not heard of. Okay. Um, that one, you, you're saved just in the, I don't know, just in the neck of time? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This refers to a last-minute rescue. Okay. Saved, of that, blah, blah, blah. saved by the bell has several conflicting explanations. One relates to boxing and the bell is rung at the end of a round before a knocked-down boxer has been counted to ten. 
If this happens, the boxer is allowed to continue fighting at the start of the next round. Another theory is that it stems from a guard at Windsor Castle in the 19th century falling asleep while on duty. He denied the charge and, in his defense, said that he had heard Big Ben chime 13 times at midnight. The mechanism in the clock was checked, and a cog had in fact slipped, and he was correct. He had been saved by the bell. But the likely origin predates both and is the same as the explanation for dead ringer. Again, when a person was buried alive, they could ring a bell that would attract attention and allow them to be saved from certain death. Thus, they were saved by the bell. What about graveyard shift? Yeah, I know that one. Okay. So a graveyard shift is a late night work shift, typically from midnight until eight in the morning. This is another one that you can find multiple meanings on and many people and many people arguing about on Reddit. Nevertheless, some think this simply refers to the quiet ambiance of working at such a quiet time in the evening. But of course, the more fun answer also goes back to Dead Ringer and Saved by the Bell. Supposedly, once the bells had been installed to alert that someone was buried alive, a person had to be at the graveyard to listen for if anyone woke up. At night, everyone went to their homes and someone had to stay in the cemetery to listen. Thus, they worked the graveyard shift while everyone else slept. That is personal anecdote time. My dad, when I was younger, always worked swing shift. And I always got this creepy mental image whenever he had to work graveyard. And it was just, I don't know, kind of like the, think of, you know, big, uh, not Bigfoot, um, Grave Digger, the monster truck. Yeah. Kind of like what's on the side of Grave Digger is oh, what yeah. I pictured in my head. <laughs> it's hysterical and I was and a little kid, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm done with these spooky idioms for now. And if you do further research, you will find all sorts of people arguing. But as I stated during our first Origins of Phrases, I like to choose to believe the most fun of the tales. At this point in our history, there is no telling exactly where a lot of idioms came from. And so, as with everything, take this with a grain of salt. Speaking of, grain of salt. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. Meaning to be weary of what you've heard or to remain suspicious or cautious. This idiom owes its origins to ancient Rome. The philosopher Plinly the Elder wrote the story of King Methrides, the sixth of Pontus, in his book Naturalis Historia in A.D. 77. Plin- Plinly the Elder or Pliny the Elder? Is it Pliny? Yeah. Okay, I've always heard Plinly. Oh, I've always heard. I mean, there could be two. I know Pliny the Elder because there's a beer. I'm sure it's Elder. probably Pliny. Okay. I don't speak good. So we're going to go. We don't talk good. We're going to go with Plinely the Elder. Okay. Uh, The king had built up his immunity to poison by regularly ingesting small doses of a poison recipe. Two dried walnuts, two figs, and 20 leaves of rue, all ground together. Smart. Aditio salis grano, Pliny recounted. Add a grain of salt to make the mixture more palatable and easier to swallow. The Latin word salis has two meanings. 
one being salt and the other being wit. Thus, the philosopher could have been saying to do so with caution. This is the best guess historians have to why we use this idiom in this context today. I actually used that one on the way home. Grain of salt? Yep. I use that one a lot in everyday yep. usage as well. <clears throat> Show your true colors. Uh, I yeah, I know that one, but it makes me think of the Phil or the was that Cindy Lauper that did it originally? But Phil Collins co- color covered it. I see your true <laughs> colors. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yep, I'm distracting you. Uh, so this means to reveal your true intentions or personality after purposefully hiding it. In early 18th century naval warfare the flag of a ship's home country was called its colors. Under the Articles of War, published in 1757, uh, ship captains were obligated to run up their country's flag when going into battle to identify the nationality of the ship. But, as a method of deceiving the enemy, unscrupulous captains would run up a different flag, perhaps to fool the opposing captain into believing they were an ally. By doing this, the ship was able to get within firing range. With the element of surprise on his side, the captain would only then hoist his actual flag and show his true colors before firing on the enemy to gain an advantage. I see your true It's going to be stuck in my head all night. (laughs) All night. So, thank you for that. You're welcome. Wear your heart on your sleeve. I know this one means to show all of your emotions and feelings. Wear your heart on your sleeve derives from medieval jousting matches. When a king's court held a jousting match, it was customary for the competing knights to dedicate their performance to the woman they were courting. To show that he was representing his sweetheart, a knight would wear the colors of the lady he was supporting and cloths or ribbons tied to his arm. He was symbolically... Ow, sorry wearing his heart on his sleeve. The phrase was popularized by Shakespeare in his 1604 play, Othello, when he wrote, quote, I will wear my heart upon my sleeve, end quote. The die is cast. I know this one. Okay. That means something is past the point of no return. It cannot be undone. The die is cast is an expression that originated in ancient Greece. A die is one pair of playing dice, and to cast means to throw. The phrase began around 300 BC with the Greek dramatist Meander. It was a proverb that was discovered in his play Arephoros, used in relation to a game of dice and meaning that once the dice was cast, the players had no choice but to accept the outcome. The expression was made famous by Julius Caesar in 49 BC. Quote, let the die be cast, end quote. He said as he led his army across the Rubicon River into Rome, committing them to civil war. And of course, this is a term heard a lot by D&D players once a roll has been made, and y'all know I gotta throw Dungeons and Dragons around somewhere. Lily-livered. Mm. 
Um, I've never heard that particular one, but I assume that it's something like that's where I feel like other phrases have spun off from this, basically like saying somebody's a coward. Yes. But I've never heard lily livered. You've never like, I thought you liked old Westerns and shit. I do, but I have never heard that. Okay. Well, I've heard yellow and yellow bellied and spineless. Yellow bellied. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, like I said, I feel like other phrases kind of. So it's a, a coward or cowardly behavior. Oh, no. I forgot I wrote this. Let's see if I've drunk enough to get this quote in a different voice without losing my shit. Nope. I'm not going to be able to do it. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right, I got to take a drink. Tyler, help me. All right, you take a drink. I'm over here just marking away potential sounds for the end here. All right. Good luck. I'm not ready for this. Oh, shit. Why did I do this to myself? Me, 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 me. Woof, 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 brown fox jumped over the lazy brown dog. I can't do it. Okay. Wait, no, that's typing. That is typing. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm so sorry for anyone listening. Just... Just get it over with like a Band-Aid. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm not going to be able to do it at all. Quit psyching yourself out. Do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, I can do it. Yeehaw, yeehaw. All right. Not going to be able to do it justice that I thought I would be able to do it writing this. Yeah. <clears throat> Any one of you live a... <laughs> I need to get that prices right noise. <laughs> All right. Oh, my you God. You want me to read it? Hell, yeah, I do. You'll, you could probably do this it. This town ain't big enough for That's the two of us. Exactly. There we go. I fucking you gotta ha- get in the character. I can't. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit, it went away. <laughs> it really did go away. I seen it. <laughs> All I right. seen it. It's what I highlighted. <laughs> I can't oh, do it. Lord, I just pressed all the buttons. <laughs> Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of y'all got any ideas, you better know your, who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtailed wildcat in the West. Damn's tootin'. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that for me. <laughs> You're welcome. I had fun. Oh, I want to be a voice actor. If anybody's hiring a voice actor, let me know. I got all the equipment. Oh, I man. even got the pipes for it. That. Thank you so much for doing that. I I'll, could not. I cannot get myself up to do it. I'll even sing and dance. I was able to do it when I was literally by myself in the room <laughs> with the cat and the dog. But like there were no humans around me. And I was like, yeah, I can do this in front of people. Um, no, no, I can't. Literally no, I can't. nobody's here except me and Navia. <laughs> I just, I, I, I know I'm on camera and talking to... Uh, you're just talking to me. Forget about, forget about the camera. Forget <sighs> okay. about the microphone. Forget about the camera. Anyway. For any future guests, that's right. it. Solid advice. It, it really is. Uh, so what you just read was Yosemite Sam ranting at Bugs Bunny in the Looney Tunes. I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah. I know that when I hear Lily Livered, I automatically think of Westerns, but the term actually got its fame from good old Shakespeare. Lily Livered is another expression that we owe to the ancient Greeks. 
they believed that the liver was the organ that created blood and that a poorly functioning liver resulted in physical and mental weakness. In line with this belief, they thought that a pale, lily-colored complexion indicated a cowardly person, while rosy cheeks would be found on on strong men in good health. The Greeks also had a custom of sacrificing an animal before each battle. They looked to the animal's liver as an omen. A liver full of blood was a good sign, but a pale liver did not augur well. Shakespeare brought the phrase to the mainstream when he used it in his 1606 play, The One We Can't Say, the Scottish play. You know, M-A-C-B-E-T-H. Wasn't that on an episode? Listen to episode 16, Theater Superstitions. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, I know that one. I don't really know how to put it into words, though. I struggle putting it into words as well. So, um, and it's something I do All the literally time. every day. Yep, same. I here. will say knock on wood, and then like knock on my head or knock on anything wood like near me every day, every yep. single day. Yep. So, knock on wood is to express a wish that something will or will not happen. Basically, don't jinx it. Often used superstitiously with actual wood knocking. Sometimes phrased as touch wood, knock on wood is an expression that dates back to ancient Druids, a race who inhabited England before the Romans. The Druids worshipped trees, in particular oaks, and held the firm belief that protective spirits lived within trees. Trees, they believed, were sources of good and warded off evil spirits. People in need of good luck would go and touch a tree. Others wore small pieces of oak on necklaces, so the wood was always in contact with their skin. The expression became commonplace by the 1850s. And there we have it. Ten more idioms added to our Origins of Phrases series. Is this the last wonder segment on Origins of Phrases? No, definitely not. Yes. But as I said during episode 40, this is a series that could air a new segment at any time. Maybe series three will air in weeks, months, years. Who knows? Do you have an idiom you want us to cover? Email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. That was awesome. Super disappointed I couldn't do that accent. I had had fun. I'm glad. You did very well. Anyone who plays D&D with me knows I can't do any accents until I've drank like a couple of fingers of whiskey. (laughs) And then all of a sudden. And then they're all Russian. They're all really bad Russian. (laughs) Or they'll start off like kind of sort of Scottish and then fall into Russian. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, on that note, let's move it on. Trivia with Tyler. All right. So <clears throat> we're going to get biological today. Ooh, all right. There is a group of wolves in British Columbia known as, quote, Sea wolves, end quote. 90% of their food comes from the sea. They have distinct DNA that sets them apart from interior wolves 
and they're entirely dedicated to the sea, to the sea, swimming several miles every day in search of food. What? Yep. That so, is so cool. There's swimming wolves out in British Columbia. That is so freaking cool. So if you're in the water, you don't only have to worry about sharks and piranhas and parasites that eat your brain. Yeah, eat your brain, but also swimming wolves. That's amazing. I would go into the water for a swimming wolf. I I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Now just, I'm going to leave it at that. I was a weird wolf kid. All right. <laughs> Final thoughts. I've been having like a little bit of an existential last, like ever since the trivia with Tyler music started playing. Why? Moment. I just, I, I haven't messed with the, uh, any of the drops in a long time. And I remember how excited we were when we got, Mars to do the voiceovers and found all the cool music and everything. It just, I had an existential moment. Oh. Um, it was, I just oh. stepped back. I was like, damn, this is pretty freaking neat. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the thing. We're doing the thing. We are doing the thing. So speaking of neat, we started drinking these pretty neat. Um, I added some water to mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, excuse me. Have you? Yes, and it um, significantly changed the flavor for me. Um, It got rid of a lot of the earthiness, and it really brought out the fruit and the sweetness in my... Like, the earthiness is still there, but it's it's not as overpowering as it was. I agree for the most part with what you're saying. Um, it definitely toned it down. Uh, the pepper is about the same. The sweet is still right on my tongue. And then it, it's, I don't want to say it's gone like it was, but it doesn't linger at the forefront. It's there. And the earthiness is, is subdued as well. Mm -hmm. It, it, to me lost a lot of flavor. Uh, with the addition of water. And I will admit, usually I put three, two to three drops of water, and this time I put five. Um, the reason I did that is because when I poured, uh, originally I, I poured myself a finger, and then I poured Megan, and I poured Megan's a little bit fuller than mine, so I took her glass and gave her mine. Thank you. Yep, so I had a little more than I usually have, unless it's something I really like, usually. Usually by then I've dipped back into the bottle. Um, so yeah, I it 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 muted it a little bit, not not too badly though. It's still got okay. a lot of flavor. Yeah, I mean, I I like and dislike the word muted. Um, because I I don't feel like it. Okay, muted. It turned the volume down on the floor. Yes, it didn't yes, mute it. It, didn't it just mute turned it, it down. It turned a it notch down. Yeah, it just it tuned it down and it just relaxed it a little. Mellowed bit. Mellowed it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that more. 
I like that more. Okay. So it, it definitely it, it, it mellowed. mellowed it mellowed it out. That's All right. that I like. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Well, I'm gonna let you go first because I know you are a Japanese whiskey fan. This got got me into it. Whiskey, drinking whiskey. Um, Our first whiskey was a Japanese whiskey on it by way back on episode one. Yep. Which we'll need to redo at some point because we didn't rate. Didn't rate whiskey. it. <laughs> we didn't rate half like the first five, four, four or five, and then randomly episode seven. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, we've been working at this for a while. <laughs> hey, we're getting better now, though. We are. Every episode, we get a little bit better. Yeah. Um. This is not as good as Suntory, first and foremost, just to throw, throw that flag down there. Um, and Suntory is what we did on episode one, which is what I absolutely loved. Um, we have done one, two, three, four, five other, yeah, five. Japanese. Japanese. This is number six. This will be number six. Oh, wow. That's more than I thought we've done. You have rated, uh, I know Suntory is high on your list, but you didn't give it an official rating. Out of the four that were officially rated, you have gone seven or higher on three of them. Okay. This is the worst of the Japanese whiskeys that we've had. I don't believe that. Really? You rated the other one a three. Oh, I don't even remember that one then. I guess I like blocked it out. It was... Yeah, I think this was a Flaviar. Oh, a little sampler. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, Flaviar, work on getting shipping please. back to North Carolina. Like you had it there for a while. Yeah. What happened? Um, Damn Bible Belt laws. Stupid. I guess this is this is... This is a below average whiskey. Like, if you were going to try Japanese whiskey, this would not be one. I'd be like, yeah, try this as your first one. Um, maybe if you were a scotch drinker and you were wanting to, like, branch out and try something new, this would be a good, like, foot in the door um, onto a different style of whiskey because it's very scotchy. Um, so I, I was, I'm going to do a four. It's just a little bit. A little bit under average. Um, okay. Uh, in a sharp contrast to you, for the most part, I have rated most of the other, most of the Japanese whiskeys we've done low to middle of the pack. I've got uh, a two, two and a half, four, and a six. Wow. Um, and I'm, I kind of had the sneaky suspicion based off of the color before we even opened the bottle that this was kind of, going to be a little bland for me. Okay. Um, I was surprised, however, when we finally tasted it, uh, at the flavor, um, I agree with what you said about this would be a, a Japanese whiskey for a scotch drinker to try. Yeah. Um, and I am 
rapidly developing my scotch palette, I think. I have gone back and had a couple of the scotches we've done on here before that rated kind of, yeah, they were middle of the pack. I would probably bump them up a couple points. Wolf burn. <laughs> no, I ain't. No, never again. Well, I'll never say never. Never say never. Yeah, I'd try wolf burn again. Um, so with all that being said, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dive almost right down the middle with this one. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Okay. Yep. I, it, it's a little bland, but it is, it, it's got a very nice. Oh, don't shoot it. Scotch flavor. Hit. No. Hit. Ooh, that's, that's not good. I'm not going to shoot it guys. That, that was a terrible face, a terrible noise. Go check it out on YouTube because that was uh, pretty rough. Don't shoot it. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to go with a five and a half on that one. Um, ooh, Megan's alarm. I have to take my crazy person meds. Oh, nice. Funsies. <laughs> um, well, guys, that's probably going to, not probably, that is going to do it yeah. for this episode of Whiskey and Wonder. We're glad that you... Shared a little bit of time with us this week. Yes. Thank you for sticking around and doing everything you guys do. Listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Um, everything you do helps out. Yes. Thank you, guys. To Please continue to spread the word and share us and order merch and supplies and stuff. We're, like I said, we're, we're, we're coming to you with some bonus content and some We've got some news coming up. We just don't have uh, the the final details on, mm-hmm. but we are working on it, and we're excited for that. Um, for sure. For everybody that we mentioned at the beginning, Papa Cross, Papa Manning, Mama Manning, and uh, her dad, and any anybody else listening that has folks afflicted with the COVID, you know, I hope everybody out there is doing well and and gets better soon and doesn't doesn't have to. Part of a part of a time with it. Um, For sure. So on that note, guys. Thank you, guys. We are going to sign off for this week. We look forward to talking again with you next week. Uh, shoot us an email, please, at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. That being said, thank you guys for everything you do. We love you. We appreciate you. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. I got melons. <laughs> <laughs>